Welcome to Decaf episode, I'm not really sure. Do you know what? 47? 48, maybe? Yeah, it's, it's in the late 40s. Well, the other day I thought that. Just like most of our listeners. I thought that we had been under quarantine for 12 weeks the other day. As it turns out, we're not really even that close to that. So I have lost all track of time, all concept of everything. Um, but we're still even here. days are getting weird. I'm like, I'm like, is it Tuesday? Is it Thursday? I mean, who even knows? Yesterday morning, I woke up at 6:30, and then I was like, oh, I'll snooze my alarm, and then I woke up at 8:50. Things are just weird right now. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> These are weird, but regardless, um, I think that things are about to get back to normal. Nashville is entering phase two starting on Monday. Monday, yep. Yeah, normal-ish anyway, as normal as we can get for, for the time being. It's true, but that means that I get to get my roots done. Um, that means that live music, I think, is starting back up. Right? I don't know. There's been weird. I've, I've heard of stage four, but I think that the, I think that the mayor may push it back to sta- like stage two because I think so many place, places are complaining about it. I'm not sure. It's really hard to follow. Well, tweet from Josh Breslow on WKRN. John Cooper says phase two of opening will begin on Memorial Day with restaurants and retail out at 75% capacity. Live music can also return to Nashville with restrictions. So work from home people still should work from home. Restaurants can dine in at three-fourths capacity. Gyms and high-touch businesses like hair, hair and nail salons, which... Come on, I need all I need all the beauty help that I can get at this point. Um, can start to open at half capacity. So oh, okay, yeah, and he changed. I think it was originally stage four, but yeah, I mean, Nashville's kind of been a has been really in the news recently just because of what's going on with the COVID stuff, and then obviously our, our the big property tax thing that we're working on. Yeah, let's talk about the property tax thing. So the shutting down contributed to the fact that there was not a sales tax revenue coming in, which I've been trying to do what I can. I went to restaurant picked up a sandwich today like we've been trying to do what we can but in lieu of sales tax the mayor has proposed 32 percent property tax increase which we've talked about a lot but um to that beacon said don't even think about it um you, you go yeah I'll get yeah well well i'm not as smart as ron um but ron our our director of policy did this incredible report um and and the one graph from it has kind of gone viral on facebook it's got, it had so many shares and basically it shows how much the population has grown in Nashville, how much the expenses have grown, and how much um, the money we're bringing in has grown. And it's like the amount of people has grown like a little bit less than 20%. The amount of money we're bringing in is up like 60%. And still we're spending way more than that. So it's like this whole idea that, it, that our financial issues, anything to do with COVID, is just, it's not based in facts. And a lot of the, uh, I've seen a lot of the councilmen have had to answer for that. Like there's been people on, including liberals, who are like, hey, this seems like a real problem that, Everything was balanced basically in 2008, and you see this, this line of like, as one of the fastest growing countries, cities in the country, you see our line going up, and then the, the money we're bringing in, mostly from tourism, is so much higher than that, and then the expenses are even higher than that. So it's not because more people moved in there. That's not the reason at all. It's like we have had so much more income than we have had people move in. It's because the spending is so out of control. I think that graph, which I think is in section three of the report, but it's also on our Facebook, is the best indication to show it's not because of the tornado and it's not because of COVID. This has been a problem that's been bubbling up for 10 years, which we kept warning about and nobody listened to us. And now finally we're like, well, oh, we can't look back in the past. Like, well, you should have listened to us at the time and yeah. listen to us in the future when we tell you the same thing five years from now. Uh, but it's really gone viral, that, that post. 
And we've got a new report coming out. It's called When the Levy Breaks. <laughs> and it's talking about when the pressure for spending and the pressure for revenue and to support big businesses like Alliance Bernstein and Amazon, and then also the pressure the city's already committed to for taxpayers becomes so much that the dam just breaks and we don't know what to do. We can't contain it anymore. What do we do? We need long-term financial solutions. And Ron and Justin and Stephanie worked really hard on this. Ron, I know, has just been, I get emails from him at 1130 at night asking, for different things because he's been working so hard because he so deeply cares about the fiscal health of our city and our state and Tennessee's doing a great job and Nashville is doing a very poor job taking care of its finances and keeping its house in order and so what do we do long term if we don't want to raise property taxes or we don't want to raise any taxes no one wants that so what is the long-term scenario that we can that we can do yeah, I mean, and we'll attach a report, but he does a great job laying it out. And uh, I know that there's going to be some some TV pieces on Fox 17 with Dennis Ferrier kind of talking about some of the specifics in it, talking about the pensions, which he mentions, talking about the corporate welfare aspect. But there's just so much to do. And I, I think it should be really a warning to other cities, right, and other states to say, like, hey, we warn people about this for years. Nobody listened. Now we're in the situation. But there's a lot of cities in the country or even in the state that are not in as bad of a situation as Nashville, but are kind of starting to go that way. It's like, hey, look at this and adjust before you get to the point where we're at. Where basically the governor, the mayor's got to cut a ton and he still might, and he's still going to try to raise taxes. So we're just kind of at a point where we should have about $400 million in a rainy day fund is what, is what Ron told me for, for a city our size. We have $12 million. I mean, that's insane. So something big needs to happen. And of course, when you let it keep, I mean, it kept rolling and rolling and rolling to the point where like, it's, it's almost, it's almost impossible to fix right now. We need long-term solutions. And this is for the it's city in America. This is not, this is not Topeka, Kansas. You know, this is a huge city. Right. No, you're so right. Gosh, poor Topeka. We, you always make fun of you don't <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. We, it just came out of the top of my tongue. I wasn't even thinking about Kansas. I love it. Well, it, and, and all that to say, and then we'll switch topics, but we posted an article about Memphis's finances versus Nashville's. Memphis isn't as bad off as Nashville is, but if other cities in the state don't learn from Nashville's mistakes, Tennessee could go from being one of the most prosperous, best funded states to down in the dumps really quickly. So um, one can- And one more point that. about that is that Memphis has done that. Memphis has, like they were, Memphis is like the redheaded stepchild that's always made fun of because they spend money so poorly. There's always, um, I mean, they always have these terrible- taxpayer deals and over the past four or five years they've started to listen to us and they're going the other way while Nashville has just completely ignored the fact that we have a budget crisis they just have so I mean kudos to Memphis that I know they're not perfect and they still have a long way to go but they are moving in the right direction and Nashville is not so I mean it, good for Memphis and I hope they keep going in the right direction maybe Nashville can learn from that Fiscal responsibility works, period, end of story. Um, what doesn't work is insulting people. We make it a point. At, no, what? You'll, you'll know where I'm going. It works with, for me. You'll know where I'm going with this. I know. It works for you personally to me. But um, I think professionally, you can't insult people. Um, we make it a point at Beacon not to insult someone's motives or their character. But that's why I like the public policy world as opposed to the politics world. Because just this week, hashtag Trump is mor morbidly obese was trending on Twitter because Nancy Pelosi insulted him on television and said that he was morbidly obese. Okay, Mark told me when I told him that I wanted to talk about this that we probably had a different take on it. So I'm going to go first and then let Mark go second. I think that as a professional, insulting someone using your professional platform is unacceptable based on their physical characteristics. Now, if you have a bad idea, you can say this is a really stupid idea and only a complete moron would think this is a good idea. I, I have done that. You've done that. But for her to get on television 
as a, a person as, as in high esteem as she is to get on television and not insult Trump based on something that she thinks that he did wrong, but say that he's morbidly obese. It's unacceptable. And I've always despised Nancy Pelosi, but now I think she's just tacky. Mark, your take. Okay. So I do agree with you. Um, it, I, it, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Everyone wait. let's take this. No, in. no, 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 no. It's not going to be like you think I'm saying as a general concept, I do agree that that's not the way you should handle things uh, with that. And it is even dumber when I, I've seen a lot of people, especially in the Tennessee hollers like website saying like, Oh, it was just, it was just advice. She wasn't trying to insult him. Like, it's like, she's not a doctor. He's probably not morbidly obese. He probably is just obese. Cause I mean, there's a, there's an actual definition. So it's like, you're not using facts and anybody trying to say that it was, it was clearly an insult. With that being said, you reap what you sow. I mean, Trump has insulted so many people and he insults their weights. He insults the way they look. He, I mean, and so does Joe Biden. I mean, I mean, Joe Biden called some guys. So, I mean, it's hard for me to feel, I disagree with Nancy Pelosi, but Trump has done the same thing to a number of people, the way people look, the way, so it's just hard for me to feel a lot of sympathy for him based on how he talks to people normally. But I mean, I think he's wrong. And I think Nancy Pelosi's wrong. I think the biggest issue I have is it does seem like there's, um, it seems like there's a lot of hypocrisy where the, the liberals are defending Nancy Pelosi while saying that Trump's like the, the insult, insult comic dog and he's the whatever in chief. And they make fun of him all the time. And they think when he insults people that it's like, oh, this is not presidential. But when Nancy Pelosi does, it's like, oh, it's okay because Trump always does it. It's either okay all the time or it's never okay. You can't have it both ways. And the liberals are trying to have it both ways. But with that being said, I don't feel bad that she insulted Trump. He does this to a lot of people. So, and that's, I mean, that's his style. That's fine. But when you say something like that, you have to expect that somebody is going to come back at you at some point. I actually a hundred percent agree with you. I think that the thing that makes me most furious about it is that the liberals always say they take the moral high ground when they go low, right. we go high. And it's like, no, you don't. Everyone who is involved in this nasty world of politics, the getting elected and backbiting and all that Y'all are all on the same level. You all insult everyone else. Don't take the moral high ground and say that you're- Yeah, and this is, the same, this is the same as like the, oh, believe all women. It's like, unless it's against our nominee for president, then don't believe them. It's like, it, there's no consistency there. This whole thing is a game to try to hurt the other side. Um, and by, both parties are the same in a lot of ways. So it's not just blaming one or the other, but like, I'm, t I'm tired of saying, oh, you can't possibly have any morals if you vote for Trump or whatever. It's like, yeah, I mean, he, he has a lot of issues for sure, but like- how do you say that, oh, believe all women, unless it's a woman who, who has more evidence than they did against Kavanaugh, but yet we're not going to believe her because it would hurt our president's chance to be in. It's just, it's inconsistency. Both parties do it, and, I, and I'm fed up with it. And that's why the same conservatives that, that are coming to Trump's defense saying, oh, what an awful lady Nancy Pelosi. It's like, well, you, let, you, you were fine when Trump said it. So it's just it's inconsistent on both sides. It's, it's childish for everyone to do that. And I think that our elected leaders should be better than that on both sides. Agreed. I'm gonna let you have the final word because I actually 100% agree with you and that has never happened. Um, okay, next topic is yours. Mark actually had a topic that he said he wanted to ask me a question and he didn't tell me what it was. And this is the first time I've not been in control of the podcast and I'm a little nervous. Yes. Okay. So I saw a tweet and it's a really good question. It's a little bit dark, but it's kind of a good question. I, I was just really interested in it and, and I was wondering what you think. So now that you have a topic for me, you're going to do some trivia questions later, but if you had a hundred sided die with one side an instantaneous and painless death and 99 sides award you $1 million, how many times would you roll it? Wait, so, say it again. Okay. 
You have a hundred-sided die with one side an instantaneous and painless death, but the other 99 sides award you $1 million. How many times do you roll it? So you basically have a 1% chance of death. This has nothing to do with anything else. It's just an interesting question. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I would roll it. I mean. You wouldn't roll it all? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't. It's a 1% chance. Is, is, that, is that, and each time you do it, it's a 1% chance. So, I mean, if you had to. Well, okay. Roll it three times I'm not. What, I think. what did you say you would do? I would do three times, I think. I might just do it once and then be too scared to do it again. But in my mind, I think I do it three times. I, I think I'm not scared of death, like, at all. I'm scared of, like, experiencing pain before yeah, I Yeah, so it's painless. So, yeah, yeah. So, but I'm also, like, I would I mean, never, I want to live. Life's good. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't want to live. And I don't know if I would risk that for a million dollars. I don't know. I think I could work up the courage to do it once. But I don't know if I could do it after that. I, I say three, but I probably would only do it once. And even then, it's like, I might not be able to work and become, I mean, a million dollars is enough to change anybody's life. So, I mean, it, it's a tough question. I, I thought it was such an interesting topic and the responses were great. So he's like, I, I'm going to use the, the stats. And if you roll it 68 times, you have a better chance of, of living than, than dying. So af, after the yeah. 69th or 70th time is when it goes the other way, where you have a better chance of dying. Then so it's like, he's like, I'll use the statistic. And I'm like, there's no way I would do that. I would I'm say- one to three times, and I'm not sure which one. I'm such an unlucky person. Like, if something terrible could happen to someone, it would happen to me. Like, I had swine flu. My doctor's pretty sure I had corona. Like, if something horrible could happen, it's probably going to happen to me. And so I would just think that, like, one roll, I would be done for. Yeah, well, don't roll then, maybe. Yeah, I'm just not going to. I have pretty decent luck, so I, I would go once. I would maybe twice. I don't know. It's just hard to think about, but I, I would do at least once, I think. I don't know if my mom's going to like hearing me say this, but I don't think I could do it sober-minded. I think I'd have to have like a glass of wine to like calm my nerves. And oh, God, yeah. You know I mean? It's kind of like, it's kind of like Russian roulette, but with like a hundred points, <laughs> except you get a, a, a positive if you don't get. So, I mean, it's a, it's a tough game, but yeah, just, I, I saw that. I was just really interested in what your natural reaction would be. So you're, you're going to go with once. I think I'm going to go with once. Once okay, after get, a couple glasses of wine. Okay. I'm going to go with two to three, but probably one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question, Mark. I, I know. I, I, I thought about it for about a half hour this morning, what I would actually do. And of course, it's easy to talk about when we actually did. It's like, would you actually do it at all? Who knows? It's, it's I know. easy to talk about something. And I'm such an anxious person that tonight when I get in my bed to go to sleep and we like laying there with the covers up thinking, what would I do? What would I do? Like staring at the yeah. screen. <laughs> yes. Well, you don't have to do it. And that's not a real thing because nobody would pay for that. But it's just, it's just okay. interesting. I'm going to have a dream tonight about that, 100%. My roommate okay. was talking about doing stats homework the other day, and I had a dream that night that I was back in high school. So I'm definitely going to have a dream about this tonight. Well, let me know what you decide to do in your dream. Okay. Um, so Mark got me with the question. Now it's my turn to get him with the question. So um, we were talking a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, about one-hit wonders. And I am going to quiz Mark on some one-hit wonders. So here are the rules. And wait, I'm really good at this too. Like, so I know a lot about bands. Now, I hope that you did mostly 90s because before that, I'm no good. But, I did. So, okay, cool, cool. Um, well, mostly 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 80s and 90s. So, what I did was I Googled one hit wonders and I only wrote down ones that I knew the artist to without having to look. So, these are only ones that I knew that I could get correct if they were asked to. Oh, I'm going to get all these right probably because I feel like I'm way better than this at you. Okay, okay. I'm better than you at this. So, I'm not better at speaking, but I am better at this game. So, I bet I'll get all these. Okay, 
We'll see. So, okay. first one. Who is the artist that sings the Macarena? Oh, um, Los Del Rios. Are you kidding me? Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I told, I'm not joking. I really am good at this. Yeah. That's What's a, your mark? Okay. Um, come on, Eileen. Dexy's Midnight Runners. <laughs> okay. Take on me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I told, like, I'm actually good at this game. Yeah, and we did not talk about this at all before. I need to be clear. <laughs> okay. Um, Mickey. Oh, that one's tough. Hey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You're blah, blah, blah. Uh, Tony Basil. Shut up. I am good at this game. <laughs> okay. Funky Town. To Funky Town. Is it Lips Inc.? <laughs> is that right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, Are you impressed? This is pretty impressive. You really didn't know these before we went on. I did not. My Sharona. My Sharona. <laughs> oh, God, that's the tough one. Okay, we can come back. We can come back. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know this one. We all know this one. Who let the dogs out? Oh, Baja Men. Okay. Um, you might not know this, actually. Spirit in the Sky. Oh, man. It's an older one. I know the Spirit in the Sky. It was uh, on the Remember the Titans soundtrack. Yeah. I, know. Uh, I think I'll know if I hear it. I don't think I'll get that one. Though. Okay, we can come back. You know this one. Achy, Breaky Heart. Yeah, Billy Ray Cyrus. Okay. My boy. Mambo number five. Lou Bega. Love Lou Bega. Big Lou Bega fan. And you know this one because this was the first one that I said when we talked about this. Tub Thumping. Oh, yeah, Chumbawamba. You thought Chumbawamba was a band, so. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I don't think I'm going to get Spirit in the Sky, but I do think I can get My Sharona. Wasn't the people that, uh, does it start with an R or not? No, it starts with a K. The, oh, God, the, the, uh, didn't they have, like, square things in their head or something? Oh, I my God. I have no idea about that. It's a band, right? Yeah. The Oh, I'm going to kill myself. Ah, I can't remember this one. Give up if you got to give up. No, oh, give me two seconds. The, I, the you're going to have to tell me. I do know it, though. It's called The Knack. The Knack, yes. Ah! <laughs> I did know that one. I think it's even on my iPod. So I did, like, what? It was about 10 for 12? Yeah, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You got nine. And then Norman Greenbaum sings Spirit yeah. in the Sky. I would have never gotten that one. I knew all the other ones, though. Yeah, you killed it. That was awesome. We should do it the other way next. Because I, I know so many just off the top of my head that I, I should quiz you. I bet you won't get more than 50%. No, definitely not. I, I would never do that. So you knew you knew that Norman Greenbaum one? Yeah, just because he was on the Remember the Titans soundtrack. And that was like, I used to listen to that soundtrack all the time, like getting ready for football season in my car. It's a great song. I didn't, I never even heard his name. So I would have, I know the song, but I never even got his name. So well, the one was the most impressive, I think. The which one? Dexy's Midnight Runners. No, Mickey by Tony Basil. Oh, that about. was really good. Yeah. I remember the video and that was, yeah, that was like in the top, like the most awesomely bad songs of the 80s. So I watched all that VH1 stuff. So yeah. I remember the cheerleading outfit. I remember it all. So. Well, remember it was at the very end of Bring It On during the credits and they were all out on the blue map. I never watched all Bring It On. I know, I know, I know I'm sorry. I know some of the <laughs> the songs from, but I did, I did not <laughs> see the whole have an intervention. I should be sorry. That's a, probably a terrible movie. This was fun. So we need to do another game next week. Another okay. deep thinking question, another game. Um, if, if you're listening to this and you have a game that you want us to play, let us know because this is fun for us. I like this. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well, it sounds good. Well, I guess we'll see everyone next week and hopefully we'll have more one hit wonders. Yes. Always with one hit wonders. Thanks guys. See you next week.